The title of the message is, You Are a Royal Ambassador. Amen. You Are a Royal Ambassador. Turn to your neighbour and say, You are a Royal Ambassador. You know, God wants you to carry his instructions. He wants you to carry his divine mission. He wants you to carry his purpose. He wants you to be laden with his good works that he established for you before the foundation of the world. I was in a vision recently I was in a vision and in the vision I saw the gate of nobles Isaiah 13 verse 2 says lift up a banner on the high mountain raise your voice to them wave your hand that they may enter the gates of the nobles I looked at this gate and coming in and out were kings queens, nobles, princes. It was a gate of heaven and the nobility were going in and out and it was heaven, people going in and out and they came in for instruction and they went out sent from heaven there was activity in heaven the Holy Spirit was sending people out and then they'd come back and receive instruction you are a royal ambassador you are not here for mere activity you are an ambassador. When I looked at the nobility going in and out of heaven, they had no other matter on their mind but the instructions of the master. Turn to your neighbor and say, what's on your mind? As they went out and came in, they were not stressed. They were not in a hurry. They were not stressed. They were relaxed with a purpose. When the Holy Spirit is present, you can relax. Sometimes people, they try hard to make a healing happen. They try hard to make a deliverance happen. God doesn't need your help. Relax. Relax. Just surrender to him. You're his ambassador to do his will. Burnout in the ministry 
is when you're not relaxed and, and trusting God to do the work. See, the ministry is a manifestation of the grace and the power of God. You know, I look at uh, you know, different ministries and I feel sorry for them because they try so hard to raise money. I feel sorry for them. Why not just relax and stop stressing and stop manipulating people and, and trying so hard? Why not just trust God? Is he in charge? Is it his work? If you're an ambassador, why are you paying your own expenses? If he sent you, the king will look after you. What ambassador pays his own expenses? Amen? Just relax. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop trying. Give up and trust him. Isaiah 52.12 For you shall not go out with haste nor go by flight for the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. Isaiah 55.12 For you shall go out with joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah with joy will not the Lord pour out his joy on his people you know I think one of the great one of the great joys in life is for the master to send you out hallelujah to send you out you should go out with joy stop whinging Oh, the ministry's so hard. Oh, I got jet lag. Stop whinging. Go out with joy. God has gone before you. He is your rear guard. He's your protection. And be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. Before you. The mountains and hills are breaking out and singing before you get there. God has prepared the banquet. Praise God. God already prepared the banquet for these two nights. Hallelujah. Amen. You are an ambassador. Go out relaxed with joy and peace knowing that the hills and the mountains are singing before you get there. Hallelujah. Turn to your name and say, you're an ambassador. You're royalty. You've been sent by Jesus. I prophesy it. Some of you are oh, I'm so distressed about auntie so-and-so and, and Bill and what this person said and, and oh it's a hot day today oh, it's a cold day today you know I've got mice in the attic you know you, 
You worry about so many things. Everything's going to pass. It's all temporary. Get on with the eternal work of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. We're in this world, but we're not of it. You are a heavenly ambassador. You have heavenly destiny and purpose. You are born again of the Spirit of God. You have a different nature from an unbeliever. You have a different master. So many people are serving money, things, worried about things. You're serving the master who sent out his disciples without extra sandals, without money, without an extra cloak, without a staff. And he said to them, did you lack anything? And they said, no, Lord, nothing. Praise God. Nothing. Wow. You're an ambassador. King of kings will provide for you. Nothing to worry about. Turn to your neighbor and say, well then, just do as you're told. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. You know, some of you, you got dead stuff all over the place, thorns and briars and so on. Follow Jesus Christ. Do his will. Hear his voice. Follow his instructions and see the cypress tree come up. See the water flow in the wilderness. See the blessing of God. Hallelujah. Stop whinging about the problems. Turn your eyes to Jesus who fed the 5,000 by looking at heaven. Look unto heaven. Say, Lord, you know my situation, but what do you want me to do? Send me, Lord. Praise God. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Praise God. Your blessings shall not be cut off. Praise God. You know, some Christians, it seems like they believe that nothing happens in, in heaven. There's activity in heaven. God is speaking. God is raising up his servants. He's calling us. Do not let your life be like a book that's gathering dust on the shelf. You've got one life, one opportunity. Use it for the glory of God. God has a purpose for your life. Amen. You know, in Acts 16.6, 6, it says, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. This is Paul and his companions. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came to Troas. So here the apostle was like trying throughout Asia to preach the gospel, and that's a good attitude. Some people never try to do anything. 
Sure, he got it wrong. The Holy Spirit didn't let him go. But he had a good heart. He wanted to go. And he was knocking on doors. Some of you are like, if God doesn't speak to me, I'm not going anywhere. You know? Let that sink in. I'm just going to do my own life and make my coffee in the morning and every day is going to be the same, you know. And if God strikes me with lightning, I'll go somewhere, maybe. <laughs> but the cruise down at Hobart Harbour looks good. <laughs> and even though God didn't speak to me, I'm on it. See what I'm saying? There are opportunities all around. Give it a go. And, you know, try so hard, the Holy Spirit has to stop you from going. <laughs> and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia, help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. He had a call. And we all have something to do for the Lord. We are all ambassadors. We're all chosen. Turn to your neighbor and say, believe it or not, you're chosen. Even you. 1 Corinthians 1.26 For you see your calling, brethren, for not many were wise according to the flesh, not many were mighty, not many noble were called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. So many people think, well, I don't have education, I don't have money, I don't have... God doesn't need all that. He chooses the foolish things, the rejects, the uneducated. He chose Matthew, a corrupt tax collector. He, he chose uh, just a, a common, normal fisherman. Right? He chooses normal people who are willing to serve him. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. Amen. Praise God. And God's wiser than you. You know, people, people look, you know, and they see people drunk with laughter and, and, and they're just fried with electricity and burning with fire. And they go, well, this is foolish, you know. The foolishness of God is wiser than your wisdom. Amen. And you might just have to be a base to get healed. Praise the Lord. You might just have to get humbled. You're like, well, I'm never going to fall over. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many of them have I seen? Praise God. So you, have, you are an ambassador. You are chosen. Your life has been chosen for the glory of God. You're a steward of your life. Now, when a steward in the kingdom of heaven, you don't own the things that you're looking after. You're a steward of someone else's belongings. 
For you have been bought with a price. You do not belong to yourselves. You are a steward of your life. Your life was given to you by God. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, he bought you. Now you're a steward of it. And when you pass into glory, he will require of that stewardship. And did you like, well, just ignore God and I'm just doing whatever I want to do and please myself? He will require your stewardship. You have a life, it's a gift from God. You're an ambassador. Did you go forth with his word and in his power and his love? Did you do what you were told? And in the kingdom of heaven, God's not concerned that you do great things, but that you're obedient in small things. Let me say it again. God's not concerned that you do great things. The carnal mind wants to do great things, but he wants to see if you're obedient in small things. Are you obedient because you're a steward? When you are faithful in the small he says, he'll, Jesus said, he'll give you more, even in abundance. And then when the abundance comes, he will still give you small things that people think are insignificant to do. Praise God. Yes. True. So, you know, what the mind thing thinks is a small, insignificant thing when God asks you to do it, can have huge repercussions. Amazing repercussions. Amen? So I, I can think of lots and lots. You know, there's, there's a guy, PJ. Joe, you want to come over here for a moment? Bless you. And Deb, you want to come over here just for a moment? So, so there was a guy, PJ, and he came to a meeting with the Catholics in, in where was it, Wellington. Yep. And what was, who was PJ to you? He's my younger brother. So he got located by the Holy Spirit, a crowd of people. You went there. And what was his problem? Um, he had quite a few problems. Um, just gathering my thoughts. <laughs> So he had a motorbike accident. They thought he was going to die. Brain, very significant brain damage, or be a vegetable. And parents and people, family prayed for him. Then he was very suicidal, uh, and that's he was in that state when he came to the meeting. Yeah, he was um, very unwell, manic, depressive, schizophrenia, bipolar, all of, the, all of it, and the most extreme you could get. And he was trying to kill himself. He was on a watch, like. Someone had to be a few metres away from him continuously. So he was really unwell. And the doctors had no answers and they pumped him full of this and that, which made him worse or sideways or whatever. So he's in the meeting, a young man, and the Holy Spirit locates him. And I had no idea how this would impact the whole family because he got delivered and... And so this is the brother, this is the sister-in-law, right? So how has God impacted you over the last, it's been three years now? Um, in more ways than I can possibly explain. 
Um, it's just been so significant. It's been so significant for our whole family, um, especially to have our girls sorry, <laughs> doing ministry with us and um, just being able to... And um, a couple of months back, I was able to bring my dad to a meeting um, and he gave his life to the Lord. My mum gave her life to the Lord. And um, yeah, so it's just, it's it's... It's been amazing, really amazing. Can we ask Joe what the Lord's done in his life in the last two years, three years? Thanks for the warning, Mark. <laughs> so Joe had such a boring life before he decided to uh, go into mission work. Huh? What were you doing before? Yeah, I was a businessman for 20 years um, in New Zealand, pretty regular churchgoer. Um, I'd say I had a divine dissatisfaction. I wanted to see the action, you know. You read the Bible and there's guys running faster than chariots and waters part parting and people being delivered and dead people getting out and running around. And I was like, well, shouldn't we be seeing that, you know? And um, then the Lord moved mightily w with my brother because there was no options. God had to do it or he was going to die. And he did. He just showed his power, just like the Bible, just like he says he would. And um, that's where I met Mark. And um, I think we've at meeting 180 something now together, something like that. Um, just loving our time in the Lord and the, the Lord's moved me out of business and very surprisingly for me into ministry and um, having a great time with the Holy Spirit. He's awesome and he's, uh, he's good fun to work for. Better than my previous boss. Thank you. <laughs> God bless you guys. Hallelujah. We read in 1 Peter 4, verse 10, each one has received a gift. Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So let's go deeper. When God gives you a purpose in life, he gives the grace to do it. Now what does that mean? It means that he does it. You're just a steward of what he's doing. Grace is God's part. Your part is to steward it. So that means you do what you're told and you believe and grace will do its part. So in these meetings it's grace at its work and we're stewarding his purpose by seeking to be obedient. The prayer helpers, myself, we're seeking to be obedient servants, stewards of his instruction. Yes. When you get up and you think you're going to preach and he says, there's a man with a brain fog, a woman with a brain fog, and there's a person with, in, with debt that they'll never get out of unless I touch them. So it's his meeting. It's his meeting. Turn to your per person beside you and say, every day God has a purpose for your life. And some of you think that you can only serve God when you're feeling good. I said, every day God has a purpose for your life. When you're unwell, when you're depressed, when... People are speaking against you. When there's no money in the bank, he's got a purpose for your life that day. 
Are you going to settle with your problem or are you going to follow Jesus the day of testing? Turn to your neighbor and say, what are you going to do? You know, I share for the glory of God. So it's all right, I want to share stories, you know, share stories for the glory of God. So I built a little house in a place called Manjurima near Blaney in New South Wales. And uh, brand new little house, kit home. And, um, and uh, you know, you, you want to look after your house. And, um, yeah, well, there were some interesting people in the neighbourhood. And um, so it was summer, January, and I'm to go to New Zealand, and there's drought and there's bushfires. It was bushfire season. And um, the bushfires weren't that far, you know, and everyone's like preparing, you know, for bushfires and so on. And I said, well, Lord, but if God's called you, He's instructed you to do something. You can't stay back home and look after your house from bushfires. So off we go to New Zealand. And I'm like, God, I hope my house is still there. I come back. The neighbours said, we've received, whatever they call it, the red alert mobile uh, text message from whoever sends it, fire department or whatever. The fires were coming, the smoke, you know. They said, we packed our, our car to go, but it was all put out. Amen? But, you know, I'm talking, there are times of testing where, well, do I stay and look after my house or do I go? Well, Lord, that's your house. You look after it. Praise God. So uh, another time uh, I was traveling and the Lord said, pray for your house. I go, okay, Lord. So I prayed for my house and I got back and my neighbour said, the backyard of your place and my place was covered in bees, the whole place, and they set up lodging in your back porch, a beehive, you know, buzzing away, you know, the queen bee and all that, you know. And he said, something strange happened. They all left. (laughs) Praise God. You're an ambassador and it's not always easy and it doesn't mean that you'll go when it's easy for you. Amen? You go when you're sent. Praise God. So are you going to be diligent as an ambassador or are you going to satisfy yourself with the pleasures of the world? It's holidays everyone's doing whatever and God you want me to be in my room praying or you want me to do this or that you know it's sacrifice you want to serve God but he calls you to do it at inconvenient times so that he will test you whether Jesus is Lord of your life whether you're going to follow his instructions when it's not easy you know, when I was a child, uh, I was stubborn. And my mother would ask me to do the dishes. Uh, I remember at one point we were 15 people in the house. Uh, 
five kids and everyone else. Um, my parents were godly people and they believed the word of God that you had to do what it said and they would bring in the schizophrenics and, and one stayed with us for 10 years, another seven years and they brought in a family that were, didn't have anywhere to stay for six months. There were five of them with us and, and so she'd say, Mark, I want you to do this. And, uh, you know, I wasn't very cooperative. And <laughs> my daughter's laughing. And she would say to me, it's easier for me to do it myself than to try to get you to do it, you know. So let's put away childish mental attitudes and stop telling God that we know better and that he can wait because we want to do this or that or the other. Amen? Turn to your neighbour and say, let's just grow up. <laughs> 1 John 2.15 Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. God has a will for your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. So... How do we know his will for our life? Okay, let's talk a little bit about that. You're an ambassador. The Bible says, when you see your brother in need, everyone say, see. God, one way he, he instructs us is through, through speaking to us prophetically, dreams and visions. But another way is by bringing opportunities that we see. When you see your brother in need, you will see opportunities. And the love of God will well up in your heart for people and you just love them and you just step out and you do things. And just because of love and opportunity. You with me? If you're in a church and... The pastor's struggling, a small church perhaps, and there's all these needs about, and people are sitting on their rear ends, you know, well, God didn't call me to do that, that's not my gifting. You know, when you see, you just see, oh, needs, they need some help here. If you can't sing, don't volunteer for the worship team, right? <laughs> At least don't use a microphone. But you hear what I'm saying? Like, you, you see needs, and it's, you, it's not like God's going to hit you with a lightning bolt every time. Let love move you. Love compels us. Praise God. And then, God, as you seek the Lord in prayer, see, it's the fire of prayer as you pray that God speaks into it. Yes. He loves to speak into desire. Yes. 
When I came back from Paraguay, I had a season of five years of praying that the Lord would send me. And I put up at the front of the church a world map and I'd go there in the evenings or whenever, I'd lay hands on the map and say, Lord, send me, send me, Lord, send me, <laughs> amen. And then 2004, after five years, the Lord spoke in a dream. He said, go to Borneo to pray. It changed my life. One of the greatest honours that you can have is for God to send you. There's no greater honour than to be a servant of Jesus Christ. No greater honour than to hear him say, do this. Amen. And so that's how it began. I went to Borneo, can't remember, four times I think, and then throughout Indonesia, and uh, I said to the Lord, where's Borneo? I thought it was in Europe. <laughs> and uh, so Borneo consists of Brunei, Malaysia, Indonesia. It's an island made up of three countries. So he said, Indonesia. I'm like, wow. Didn't know Indonesia was Borneo. You know, God knows all things. Praise God. Another time uh, I was in a dream and I was on the island of Tanna, and I've never been there before. And I'm looking over this huge island in Vanuatu, and the Lord said, go, the work is great. And the Lord cancelled my trip to Singapore and put me on a flight, and I was in Tanna Island. And, uh, but it... It hasn't been a regular occurrence that the Lord tells me to go somewhere. I see an opportunity and we just go. And if it's not the Lord, he'll shut the door. It's like Paul, you know. Paul was like, well, there's a possibility I'll go to Asia. I'll just go. And the Holy Spirit had to hold him back. Amen. So there's, you just see opportunities and you go, well, I'm going to help. I'm going to do that. You know, praise God. Amen. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. To receive instruction to go in and out from heaven. is to be in Christ. He is the door of the nobles. And you are kings and queens and priests and royalty of God. And we go in and out in him and we find pasture. Then he goes on to say about the false shepherds. The thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But I have come that you might have life have it even more abundantly. See, when you go out with his instructions, it's not for a task, it's for glory. It's not for a mere task, it's for life. Abundant life.
grace. Grace. Praise God. Someone say, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord.